to Best of Friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Three, two, one. Hey. <laughs> and I'm already thrown off. What, what was that? <laughs> Hello. Got to keep you on your toes, <laughs> you and the audience. Always. I never know what's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's the 2 and Football Podcast. Mike what? and Matt. Mike and Mac back. Mike and Matt. Jesus. So I think I just called you Mac. I like Alex Mack, like the former center for the Atlanta Falcons. Sure. When I hear Mack, the first place my mind goes is the always sunny in Philadelphia character. Okay, I don't know if that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. I think he'd be a very entertaining person to do a podcast with. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be more entertaining than us, but I don't know. No, we should have him on as a guest. Reach out sometime to the actor. Yeah, you know what? Once we get our my headquarters set up here, we'll, uh, I'll do some emails. You might have heard of us. You know, Chris Gronkowski liked a few of our tweets a few last year. <laughs> I mean, I feel important already. Mina Kimes retweeted, retweeted us once. <laughs> I feel like we should just hang up our hats now and call Proclaim it a day. Fame, We're done. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Mike and Matt with you, the 2M Football Podcast, recording on Wednesday, December 8th. Can you believe it's December? No. And about to be week 14 in the 2021 NFL season. Uh, as we were record this, uh, yeah, Wednesday night, it'll release on Thursday. So we won't go too heavy into week 13 recap. Although there are a few things we should talk about briefly. Congratulations. There's one big thing that we need to talk about. Dan Campbell, yes. <laughs> uh, Dan brought it home. And so, yeah, we'll focus much more on week 14 preview we're going to debut Matt's watchability index. Oh yeah. And then uh, spend some time in the fantasy corner as we enter the final week of the fantasy regular season. Playoffs oh, are at stake. No pressure. Every, everything's on the line this week. So well, maybe we'll even talk to her. Maybe far. for you, I feel pretty, like I think I'm in, but I'm not confident I'm gonna make it very far. Well, we'll talk about the scenarios. Uh, maybe, maybe you can help me out with my lineup. Uh, so yeah, all that and more on today's podcast. Let's get into it. Talking week 13 very briefly. And uh, yeah, the most important thing I think that happened, we can all agree <laughs> the Detroit Lions got their first win of the season. Man, congratulations. Over, over I never thought I'd say these words. Congratulations, Detroit. Hell yeah. It's, they did it in the most dramatic possible fashion against division rival the Minnesota Vikings who were in town. And uh, I mean, throughout the game, the Lions had a lead. They looked, uh, they were, they were winning the game, but they almost gave it away at the very end. Uh, they, I think what happened was they were on their own, like 30 yard line towards the end of the game. They were winning by one, I want to say, or two. And they decided to go for it on a fourth down they don't get it, which sets up the Vikings in, you know, excellent field position, already in field goal range for the game winner. But they end up scoring a touchdown. Yep. Uh, which gave De Detroit another possession, which put them back down by, yeah, by five points. But it did give them another possession. And Jared Goff. With six seconds to go. Game winning drive. He finds. Amon Ra St. Brown in the end zone for the walk-off touchdown, and the crowd goes wild. I think Jared Goff immediately sprinted to the sideline to hug Coach Dan Campbell. It's a really legitimately nice, nice moment for them. 
I mean, no team, especially with the new season of 17 games, no team wanted to go 0-7, to be the first team to go 0-17. Right. Keep in mind, in 05, the Lions were the first team to go 0-16. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they'd already done that by getting a tie the other week, but yeah, they could have still gone the first 0-16 and 1, <laughs> but that's not happening. Uh, they're so, 1-10 and, and 1, and they are still alive in the playoff hunt which is just hilarious yeah with this new like extra three weeks like it's not i don't know it's crazy to think about but extra one week and an an extra playoff team so yeah i mean it's it's not happening it's it's impossible but not it's it's Um, so far the only team to be eliminated is the houston texans Hmm. so pretty awesome nice uh Nice win for Detroit. Congratulations to everybody. Uh, let's see. Other key results. We'll just hit quickly. The Chargers beat the Bengals 41-22 in the game. Yeah, I made an error there. Got out of hand a little bit at the end, yeah. <laughs> um, Washington beat the Raiders 17-15, which I think was the second week in a row that the Washington football team has won a game by that exact score. Kind of a weird one. They beat they beat Seattle 17-15 last week. And it's yeah. called consistency. That's right. Steelers beat the Ravens in a game that really surprised me. Uh, the Ravens have some issues on, on their offense right now and on defense. They lost Marlon Humphrey in this game for the season. Things are about to get tougher for them, and, and the Steelers – yeah, the Raiders are just getting beat up now. Like, I mean, yeah, they lost all their running backs before the season even started. <laughs> Lamar has looked iffy lately the last month or so. Well, and this was just such a devastating loss. I mean, yeah, division rival and the way it ended too. That's they, really what like was the heartbreaker there. Like so clutch. We've seen this guy, Mark Andrews, make amazing i don't even know if that's the right word but catches mm-hmm. that are unfathomable oh i mean we've seen it within the last couple of weeks yeah and to just be on the tip of his hands oh it, it hurt a little bit inside to set the stage yeah the ravens scored what uh, a touchdown right at the end of the game to get within one point all they needed was the extra point to tie but john harbaugh made the decision to go for two and go for the win which i actually like I, I like the call and the play should have worked too. Mark Andrews was open, like you said, but TJ Watt came unblocked into the backfield and got there so fast that Lamar had to rush his throw and it was off the fingertips of Mark Andrews. Like legit got his fingertips on the ball and just watched it. miss. <laughs> and I can only All imagine the, the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and honestly, Mark Andrews had to feel. Honestly, TJ Watt wrecked this game for the Ravens. He was on the COVID list. It looked like he might not play, but he he was active and, and able to play. And he just blew up the Ravens off. I I credit the Steel. I credit him for entirely for the Steelers winning this game. Well, he is, isn't it like he missed two games and he's still the NFL leader in sacks yeah. by like three but, and a half, which mm-hmm, is insane. Mm-hmm. He's he's just incredible. Uh so that was a big game there. Uh, what should we talk about? Do you want to talk about our sleepers really quick? They all lost. <laughs> Falcons suck. Well, actually, the Falcons kept it close in the first half, but this was another one of those games where it's like the potential was there. You saw it was like a one-score game, and then immediately everything fell apart again. Yeah, it was closer um, than I thought. The Raiders just defensively, like against a shoddy Washington team, just could not keep it going. Um, Darren Waller clearly is a missing piece of that offensive machine. Yeah. It's questionable this week. So it's, I don't know, it's rough. But that whole team's mm-hmm. going to go through a rebuild now. They're going to be searching for an HC and all that stuff. So maybe next year, Raiders. <laughs> and they're starting to, well, I don't know if fall behind in the division is the right word, but the Chiefs are back on track. So. And the Chargers, too. So, I guess, yeah, they are kind of falling behind. They're not falling behind the Broncos, though, who uh, looked pretty terrible on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. 9-22 to was the final. I guess you can say the defense played well for Denver, but they were just so 
helpless on offense. Outside of Javante Williams, the rookie running back is just tearing up things. And especially without Melvin Gordon in the lineup this week, Williams had a huge game. But outside of him, I mean, I think you got to say Teddy Bridgewater is sort of the problem because they've got a great receiving core mm-hmm. and they just can't do anything on offense. They did have a 20 play drive in the second quarter that took up basically the entire quarter. Their whole plan, their whole game plan was run the football keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, which in theory sounds good. But in a, if you're trying to keep it a low scoring game like that, at a certain point, you got to, you, you do Horrible. have to kick some field goals. You got to score points. And on this drive, they went for it on fourth down three different times. Got it the first few times. The last time they were inside the 10 of the chiefs, they, they went for it again, instead of kicking, you know, chip shot field goal. And at that point, the score was only 10 to three or seven to three. I think they were down. So it's not like they were already getting blown out and needing a touchdown, but they, they went for it. Didn't get it the third time that whole 20 play, like 12 minute drive ended up in zero points. And that sort of set the tone. I think that's when I turned Even it the off. commentators made a comment about that. Like if you're going to use 20 plays in two thirds of a quarter, like you probably put at least three points on the board <laughs> because they were in the game. It's not like whatever it's done. The Bronco, that was when I turned it off. I was like, okay, this, this isn't happening. <laughs> And later, Teddy Bridgewater threw a pick six. It's just ugly, ugly stuff. Uh, in terms of the 49ers, they played the Seahawks. They were actually winning a lot of the game. They were up 23-21 at halftime. But they uh, they failed to score a single point in the second half. Well, at the same time, giving up a safety that tied it. Garoppolo got sacked in the end zone, giving up a touchdown. Right at the end, they, they had hope because they stripped, um, I don't know if it was Peterson. Did we talk about how the Seahawks signed Adrian Peterson? He yeah, got a didn't goal he get line. a touchdown off of the goal line? He had one touchdown, but then right at the end of the game, looked like the Seahawks were going to put it away, but they stripped him on their own goal line, recovered the fumble, then went on like a 90-yard drive, got all the way inside the Seahawks' 10, but Garoppolo threw like three straight incomplete passes that – had no hope of ever being completed, and they weren't able to tie the game. You Turned mean if you throw it 15 yards over a player's head, like they can't catch it? Yep, and also if a guy's being triple covered and you try to throw it to him, he's also unlikely to catch it. I disagree, but that's apparently fine. Apparently was, was news to Jimmy G. Okay, so they all lost. Sad news Rick. everywhere. This game started with that ridiculous Thursday night game between the Saints and Cowboys that we were that was going on as we recorded last week uh we don't have to talk about it the Saints are terrible 27-17 they lost uh let's see Cardinals beat the Bears Dolphins beat the Giants Eagles beat the Jets no surprises Colts Colts. pulled the Texans out of the water shut them out yeah 31 to 0 and I think they beat them earlier this season 31 to 3 so more talk about consistency (laughs) right the rams dismantled the jaguars the only other notable result here was the monday night game between the patriots and the bills was aggravating and stupid really i liked it i (laughs) was absolutely bored out of my mind throughout the whole day leading up to the game there was you saw these videos of the snowfall there in in buffalo in uh park new york and but when it got to the game time, there wasn't really anything you could see of the weather. It was just the graphic that would show once in a while that the wind was between like 20 and 50 miles an hour. <laughs> it wasn't that, but like, come on, like three, two for three on passing attempts in the entire game. <laughs> like I understood their game plan. I cannot fault the logic. You, you adjust your plan to win a game. When weather's terrible and you've got a rookie quarterback, you hand the ball off. But I love the little Pikachu meme you sent me of like when the Bills run it or when the Patriots run it on the fourth play of the Bills defense and it's like the in awe Pikachu. <laughs> yep, yep. Because they couldn't, like, they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't stop it. <laughs> Damian Harris ripped off a few huge chunks. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was was fine too, and they they kept getting like. Every time it was like third and three, they would run it for like three and a half yards and just barely get it. There was a stretch of this game where the Patriots went 32 offensive plays between pass attempts for Mac Jones. (laughs) 
it's like a football game out of the 40s before they invented the forward pass. <laughs> and and the Patriots um, no, it's like did, peewee football. And the, the Patriots did get the win 14 to 10. Yeah, you didn't put that in there. But that's fine. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um very important and meaningful game in the AFC playoff picture where the Patriots are they stand alone at the top of the AFC, which is just insane. Uh, they're nine and four. They have a two game lead or one and a half game lead over the Bills in the division. What do you think about the possibility of Bill Belichick as coach of the year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see it. They're only two years removed from Tom Brady. Only one bad year, and then they're back in the playoff, the Super Bowl hunt again. <laughs> and a lot of it is credit to this defense, but look at the coaching job they've done, keeping Mac Jones, giving him a chance to have success more than the other rookies out of this year's draft so far. I, I think that's an interesting call because no one expected it, you know? No, but I think this, is, part this of the is very similar to the uh, the Bucks last year, where it took a long time, several weeks for the offense to form a cohesive unit and adjust your game plan to the team that you now have. And when you when you work through those growing pains, especially on the team that's committed to the now, magic happens. That's a good point because I think last year around at this time the Buccaneers were seven and five, and they'd had kind of a up and down season at that point, but they didn't lose another game from then on through the Super Bowl. And who's going to be that team this year? You know, maybe it's the Patriots. They're already on a six game win streak. I mean, I've seen a couple predictions that show Bucks Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think that's the current Vegas uh, favorite right now, which, gosh, how awesome would that be? Mm-hmm. I don't even. I can't even like fathom that because again, <laughs> we we see Brady leave New England, and we're like, thank God this dynasty's over with. Mm-hmm. And here they are again, and it's like, well, just one year, just two <sighs> years later. Is it the fact that I hate Tom Brady anymore, or is it just like New England? I never want to see again. Uh, you know what they say: the more things seem to change, the more they stay the same. And on that note. We'll take a quick break and return for the week 14 preview. Thank you. I was going to wait as long as it took for you to start doing that. I was just, I was, after like five seconds, I was just going to put my phone down until you acknowledge something. <laughs> and we're back. Two on Football Podcast here with you, Mike and Matt, with our week 14 preview presented by Matt's Watchability Index. Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of interesting. I got I got a crack at this, and it was. I don't know if there's a lot of logic and reasoning behind the way I picked him. I just went that game looks interesting. I feel yeah, like that's your approach. That's, that's essentially uh, what I would do too. So, um, Let's see. one of these games and its ranking position is just pure bias, but that's fine. <laughs> I hope um, if you don't have Bears Packers at the top, then then I'm hanging up the phone. Uh, well, that's number two. Oh, fine, I'll take it. All right, what's your top game of the week? Uh, the top game of the week for me is Cardinals versus Rams. Mm. Um, the Cardinals, which are clearly one of the two dominant teams in the NFC, uh, against a Rams team that just had, I don't want to say an impressive win, but they put another win back in the column mm-hmm. uh, over Jacksonville. And I feel like this game is more focused on the Rams. If the Rams can beat the Cardinals, I think it puts them very heavily back in a possible deep run playoff contention mm-hmm. if the rams lose i feel like they are going to be in some deep trouble yeah i agree with that they already lost to the cardinals once this season uh like you mentioned they had lost three games in a row before finally getting the w against the jaguars so you can't take too many positives away from that game so this is a great test for them i feel like it's too good complete teams on paper going head to head as complete as you can get. Cause I feel like a lot of these are still either really one-sided or the teams just have, you know, maybe a strong offense, but uh, you know, a porous defense or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's a good test for the Rams to see if, are you 
still a legitimate contender like they looked, you know, for the first two months of the season. Right. Uh, uh, I'm I'm taking the Cardinals, though. Uh, yes, I have the Cardinals underlined on my note card here to win. <laughs> Kyler, Sorry, Rams. Kyler's back. DeAndre Hopkins is back. Um, and that defense is good. I wouldn't good. say solid. I wouldn't say the best, but I'd say it's a good defense. And on the Rams side, you know, every week it seems like Matt Stafford gets a little more banged up. Even in the win against Jacksonville, there was a point where he got hit in the in the chest and had to leave the game for a play for them to, I don't know, make sure he was fine, inject him with something. Yeah, that offensive <laughs> line just seems like it's it's gotten rough again, and yeah. I don't understand because it looked so good at the beginning. Um, but if there's a quarterback to trust in terms of toughness, I think you may have one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he played in Detroit yeah. for most of his career. Right. And you know he's got a great cast of receivers to throw it to. Another week of Odell getting integrated into the offense. He has made an impact already, and they needed one with Robert Woods going down. But obviously Cooper Cup is doing big things, and Van Jefferson having a bit of a breakout season too. So there are some pieces there. And we obviously we know about all the stars on their defense. They're just not living up to their potential right now, or so far, it seems like. So uh, I don't see it happening, though. Yeah, we're, we're taking the Cardinals. And number two, you said Bears-Packers. Of course, and that's just pure bias. I mean, Absolutely. we're Green Bay fans. I live in Wisconsin now. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're more of a Packers fan than I am. Yeah, nerd. But this is the Sunday night game. Very exciting Justin Fields is going to be back for the Bears, which should make this watchable. <laughs> no more Andy Dalton. Uh, some bad news for the Bears, though, is that the running back David Montgomery isn't practicing yet this week. Um, but then I guess back to, back to good news. <laughs> they might get Ro Allen Robinson back. Not that he's done literally anything useful this year, but <laughs> it's always good to have more receivers, more healthy receivers out there. And the more people you can throw the ball to, just the better odds you can actually get the ball to something. Fields' mobility um, is something that Dalton doesn't truly have. So bringing that dynamic back to the offense is huge. Yep. Um, I feel like after the next week or two, we can almost throw like potential coaching changes in this matchup too. You know, I was just talking about this, or I was thinking about this earlier today. There has not been a, a firing yet this year which is really interesting given I think the first coach firing last year was after week four. <laughs> You're right. I mean, there's been a resignation. Yeah, but not for football related reasons. <laughs> no, um, but true. There's only one team that has a head coaching change and that was the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm -hmm. um, but what's even more amazing is not that there hasn't been one, but there isn't a ton of news out there circling about right. potentials. Matt Nagy for a for a second there around Thanksgiving, but no, the Bears decided to continue to be boring and not fire their coach midseason. You know, you've got you know Atlanta, you've got New York, you could even argue maybe San Francisco. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, Denver are potential places. Yeah, because you always look at guys who have been in the same place for a while and haven't quite had success. Like obviously you. Jacksonville's a shit show, but Urban Meyer's in year one. They're not going to fire him. Same with uh, Robert Sala in New York, you know, the Jets. So you look at guys like Mike Zimmer, I think for the Vikings could be in some hot water soon. And uh, yeah, even Shanahan in San Francisco. But you're right, not a lot of news, not a lot of rumors about it, and nothing has happened. Anyway, back to the Bears-Packers game, though. Good news on Green Bay's side. And the game's being played in Green Bay, so another advantage to them. But they could get Jerry Alexander back, their star cornerback. He's been on IR oh, for the last like month and a half. Stud. Be so happy. That'd be huge. Either way, I'm definitely picking the home team, the Packers, to win this and get the sweep on the season. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. What's next? So next is where it gets to get interesting. I have Washington versus Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, simply because Washington's gone two in a row, um, they're 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 bringing a um, they're bringing a more complete team on both sides. The defense has been pretty darn good despite losing their star-studded player uh, Chase Young. Yeah. Um, they're going to get Logan Thomas back. Actually, no, no, they did last week, and he hurt his knee again. 
and he's out for the season, sadly. Well, I missed that part. Never mind. Sorry, Logan Thomas. You were cool for about like three plays then. He was great. He did. He scored a touchdown, but then he got hurt in that game and he's done. It's the celebrating. Damn it. They need to flag that one. <laughs> um, but what I really like is the the way Dallas is playing, and you kind of put this in the notes, uh, and I was just reading something and uh, by um, Matt, uh, what's his name, for fantasy. Matthew Berry? Yes. Really, he's the guy that you've told to suck it several times on this podcast. <laughs> you read his stuff. <laughs> you know, um, he brought up an interesting article about Tony Pollard versus Zeke. And then you made a note of frustratingly why they just won't rest him for a little bit and potentially yeah. use him in the postseason. Um, but even when Zeke was healthy, it seemed like Pollard is just more efficient. I won't say more physical because I think Zeke is still a more physical runner, mm-hmm. but Pollard just seems way more efficient. Yeah, I mean, which Pollard's creates frustrating had... situations like a couple weeks ago when we placed each other and they used Zeke on the goal line. Right. After Pollard got them down there. And it's like, I feel like this is a shot to the face. Like you did all the work, but the glory goes to the other guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pollard definitely has more of that big playability these days. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause they've been managing this knee injury for Elliot over the past, like six weeks or so. And he's been giving up more and more work to Pollard and uh, as frustrating as it is for me as a fantasy owner of Zeke, it's hard to argue with when Pollard is ripping off, you know, 58 yard touchdown runs and returning kicks for touchdowns. It's like, why wouldn't you give a guy like that more opportunities? And if yeah. you could do that and at the same time, let Zeke get healthy, that seems like it would make sense. Just give him a week off. <laughs> but anyway, enough of my Ezekiel Elliott ranting. What I like about Washington lately is, yeah, they're playing good defense and they're re, they've recommitted to running the football with Antonio Gibson. And Gibson. And their offense is much more successful. I mean, they've only scored 17 points in back-to-back games, but they won those games. You only need to score. I need to, I'm going to blow your mind here, Matt. You only need to score more points than your opponent to win. Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so, I'm going to call ESPN and leak that news to the press. It's first-hand access. You heard it here first. I mean, Dan Campbell just got that memo last week. <laughs> All right. Oh, Dan, not fewer points, not the same points, because <laughs> they do have that tie. You need more points. Yeah, well, you know, it would come together eventually. We knew they wouldn't lose everything, but yeah, it was okay. getting a little uh, getting a little dicey. <laughs> Anyway, I, I see this being a competitive game thanks to the resurgence of Washington, but I'm still taking Dallas. Uh, I, too, have Dallas underlined. Oh, this isn't good. We're three for three. <laughs> All right. Next up on my list, I have Minnesota Vikings versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, the Thursday night game. Um. And for several reasons, Pittsburgh is in an interesting situation with the rumors surfing that this could, and I don't like the way this is phrased. This could be Ben's last year in a Pittsburgh uniform, I think is what I heard it phrased as, which makes it seem like Mm -hmm. he would go somewhere else. But if I'm being honest, where is he going to go? Nowhere else would take him. (laughs) Um, But also the fact that, you know, Minnesota, I think one of the reasons they lost to Detroit was the simple fact that they lost Adam Thielen in that game too. Yeah. It's a big, blow. Um, they're down Dalvin cook. They're out Adam Thielen. Um, so I think this is the make or break game for Minnesota. If Minnesota can beat this, they're going to be firmly in contention in the hunt for a postseason spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if they lose, this is again, where we maybe start to hear rumors of Mike Zimmer, being in the hot seat right i mean they're they're at five and seven right now sitting right on the edge of that playoff picture a loss here though would be would be a big blow um but yeah like you said they've got difficulties on offense due to injury Uh, the defense just isn't good (laughs) they're not they're not coming together with all the free agents they signed it's not really working out you know they just gave up I'm just curious if like Minnesota fans are still mad at Kirk Cousins because I don't think it's entirely Kirk Cousins' fault. No, I don't think you can blame him at all. I think he's playing great. Um, 
which was last year, like he was solid and like Minnesota was ready to burn him on the state. And I didn't understand <laughs> it at all. It made no sense to me. But then on the Steelers side, as, as much as I've crapped on Big Ben all year, and I still think he's terrible, um, still better than Mason Rudolph, but that's not saying much. But the Steelers are, I, I kind of personally had left them for dead a few weeks ago, but they have been, uh, they've been very good lately, actually, coming off that impressive win over the Ravens uh, last week. The defense, honestly, just TJ Watt is just dominating opposing offenses and you know you know Najee Harris has been very effective the rookie running back I think you can see where I'm going with this I'm actually taking the Steelers on the road to win this game aha we differ finally I finally Minnesota yeah I I could see it's kind of a toss-up and both these teams really kind of need this game to stay in the wild card hunt So I think it's going to be a good, hard-fought game. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take what I perceive as a, as a good defense against an uh, understaffed offense. Obviously, they've got Justin Jefferson. He's a monster. Alexander Madison is probably the best backup running back in the league. Uh, I mean, maybe Tony Pollard would like a word. but <laughs> <laughs> They can fight for it. It should be a good one. I'm excited about it. Who's next? All right, I have... Tampa Bay versus Buffalo. Yes. Um, And this one is more so for Buffalo, a team that I thought was going to be a dominant force in the AFC and somewhat started like they should be. But what's made me nervous is I've seen Josh Allen take regression this year, um, almost back to the days where I made fun of him for his inaccuracies. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't have a run game as far as I'm aware of. And if they do, I haven't seen it, or I've been away from the TV when they run the football well, effectively. The running game is Josh Allen. Um, yeah. It's like, it's almost like they're jokingly trying to map Seattle's plan and it's not working. Right. Well, it's not really working for Seattle this year either, but I see your well, point. I, um Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. I got nothing to say on that side of the ball. This is really more of what can Buffalo do? Can Buffalo put up enough of a fight to make this one of those games that it just, it comes down to that final kick. So I just pulled up the stats because I was curious. Surprisingly, Devin Singletary is the leading rusher by, by 70 yards. Number two is Josh Allen. (laughs) I mean, that's not much. No, you could make that up this game. (laughs) Um. But with all that being said, I have Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Tampa Bay's at home for this one. Their defense has been improving. They're in the secondary, particularly, isn't the laughing stock it was the first quarter of the season when everybody was hurt. They're improving there. And uh, yeah, they've probably got the best front four in football. So the Bills aren't going to be running the ball on them with their running backs, at least, either. And uh, it didn't really matter in this last game against New England because the Patriots didn't, they literally did not throw the ball. But once again, Tredavious White, the Bills' top corner, is done for the year. And I think Tom Brady is just going to have a field day against this defense. I definitely I am taking uh, the Bucks. I don't know how this is going so far, but I hope you improve and, and the then list. If that does happen, the Bills will fall to seven and six which is just crazy. Just one game above 500 at that point, which is, yeah, shocking for a team that was yeah, in the AFC that's title That's why game. this one isn't so much like the matchup. It's it's not a do or die for Buffalo, but pretty darn close. It's close because they're, I mean, their remaining schedule for the Bills is just brutal. Let me read it to you really quick. They've, so, yeah, the Buccaneers this week. Uh, then they get to host the Panthers, which I don't know. I'm going to put that as a win for them. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. But then they're at New England the following week. That's a loss. But then they round out the season with the Falcons and Jets, which you could pencil in as wins, but still an important game. (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of just that linchpin. If they can stay above 500, that gives them that ability to lose one or two and still make the postseason. But if they lose this, you know, which I'm predicting they will, if they lose this game, it's going to be a rough going. Yep, for sure. Okay, who's uh, next? 
Baltimore versus Cleveland is next on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Marlon Humphreys out for Baltimore, a Cleveland team that is middle of the pack on just about everything. It feels like, yeah. I mean, they're not a team that we've gotten excited for this year. Like we did last year. Um, right. Baker's average, their run game is still one of the best in the league. Yeah. Kareem hunt is back healthy. Um, their defense with is still stiff, but not scary. Um, so I think this is a good, just solid test for these two teams. Mm-hmm. The winner of this team has a, the winner of this matchup has a good chance for, for making that wild card round and, and having a good chance uh, to, for Baltimore to maybe climb a little bit higher, higher seed, or for Cleveland to solidify themselves as a contender. But I think yeah. Baltimore, like they have been doing, is going to eke out their win because they win games. That's kind of just how it works in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, this this division, the AFC North, how close it is. Baltimore is in first place at 8-4. and four. The Browns are in fourth place at 6-6. Six and six. So the whole division is separated by just two games. It could literally go any direction still. Uh, and, and, yeah, Ravens have been really disappointing on offense lately uh, that said they've still they're still three and two over the last five games so mostly getting it done uh, i agree with you i'm taking the ravens in another low scoring game i think all right now here's where here's where things may differ a little bit where we would rank games um um but from the pure adrenaline of last week um i have detroit at denver <laughs> Um, simply because this is one of the games we kind of marked as a plausible win for them. Um, and momentum is scary, even for teams that are the bottom of the league. But right, I mean, if you get Detroit a little bit, a little bit pulls of off a going. second win in a row, mm-hmm. A, I feel like Vic Fangio could be on thin ice. Um, but B, I think we could see what could start to be the turning point in – Detroit. Now, I don't think Goff is the long-term solution for them, but I feel like he's going to be serviceable until they get their franchise quarterback, especially if they can lean on DeAndre Swift. They start to build some pieces, as I think they will in the offseason on the defensive side of the ball, and everybody stays healthy. Uh, Do I hear you saying you're taking the Lions? You do. Never thought you'd hear that this year. It's bold. It is bold. I, I mean, we just talked about how inept the Broncos look on offense. Um, that said, though, I, I do still believe in their defense. The Broncos are at home. I think the Lions defense will make Teddy Bridgewater look much better. And, uh, I mean, they're my playoff sleeper team. I got to believe they can beat the Lions. So I'm going to take that <laughs> Next one, I don't have a lot to say about. I have Kansas City versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, remember last time these two teams played this season, the Raiders were at the probably what is going to end up being the high point of their season where everyone was like, oh, look at the Raiders. They're, they're three and one or whatever they were at the time. And, and how just kind of mop the floor with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that. I kind of don't predict that being round two. Um, if anything, the Chiefs are going to come back with a bit more of a vengeance. Um, and I wonder if they have ever elicited a mercy rule. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think we're on the same page here. I don't, I don't see how the Chiefs lose this game. They're looking so good lately. Although, I mean, it still has to be said there. The Chiefs' offense does not seem to be clicking. But on the flip side, their defense has really picked things up the last few weeks so again we just established a a revelation though you only have to score (laughs) more points than your opponent exactly but this could be a game where they fire on all cylinders and just destroy the raiders that's that would be my prediction next up why don't you take a guess at this one okay let me look at the matchups what's left here so Uh, 49ers Bengals. damn yeah nice cool um 
Yeah, this is another one that, like I said, I put a little too much faith in the Cincinnati defense against the Chargers, and boy, I paid a price in that one. Well, lucky for them, the Chargers, the 49ers are not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think this is a big bounce back game for Cincinnati. Um, I can't trust Garoppolo. They're, every time they start to get a little mojo going, they just lose it. Um, and the San Francisco defense to me is not nearly the same tier as Cincinnati, despite the fact that they just handed, you know, a, let me check the score. It was a, <laughs> yeah, it was too much. I don't want to look anymore. Yeah. Well, the Niners just gave up 30 to what has looked like a terrible version of Russell Wilson. So I wouldn't have too much faith in them either. These teams, um, especially with the inability to contain like Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. I mean, I have Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay with you. They're the home team in this game. 49ers might not have Debo Samuel again, which we've seen what a key component of their offense he is. Once again, their top like three running backs are banged up again coming into the game. So I agree with you. I think the Cincinnati Bengals defense uh, rebounds a little bit. So I'm taking the Bengals. Next one I would normally be more excited for um, than I am right now, but I have uh, Atlanta versus Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have an opinion on this really at all. Well, the, the Panthers are coming off the bye week. They use that time to fire their offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's always – well, I don't know. The general rule of thumb – I know it's been head coaches, but you fire a coach, you win a game. It seems to be kind of the uh, – That was the theme last year. And didn't we establish that fi this firing a coordinator worked too? We may have. I'm sure there was a coordinator fired last year. I think, um, I we're think about we to had find that out. happen, yeah. <laughs> Well, they're hoping that uh, that was after that brutal game where Cam Newton went five for 21 and then got benched. Um, so, yeah, that's what they're coming out of. The Falcons, like you said, just, um, I mean, they played the, the, not the Patriots, the Buccaneers, they played them tough for a half before things went south. Yeah, kind of like the Super Bowl, it's fine. I'm just going to of that every other week. Um. I mean, the, the thing the Panthers have been able to hang their hat on has been the defense. You know, McCaffrey's gone for the season, injured. Cam Newton, I don't know what well, to say I'm, about him. <laughs> He's back. Massive triumphant return ended in utter failure. Well, it was great for one week. And then, yeah. I think I'm going to take the Panthers off the bye at home with their new offensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, I have Atlanta just because why not sounds good best reason ever I am not excited about this game I feel like this next game is this is where like my list sinks because I yeah. feel like they're very one-sided um, I have the Chargers at Giants yep actually it's in LA Giants at Chargers yeah I, I wrote all these backwards I just realized that <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but yeah, it's the Giants are, are maybe the least fun team to watch play football. <laughs> I mean, again, they fired an offense. Wait, there we go. When they fired oh, Jason Garrett, did they win their next game? They did not. Okay. So true. the curse is broken. <laughs> there were a um, theory it was tested. It was not true. Or they're just the exception that proves the rule. It is the Giants, after all. I don't think anybody could make Daniel Jones. I don't know like what a... to think of this team. Like, the Giants, like, is is Daniel Jones the problem? Like, we've seen quarterbacks that just were garbage in one, <laughs> in one team, and then they transfer, and they're phenomenal. Like, let's take – we know his reasoning, but let's take Matt Stafford. I mean, he, Matt he was, Stafford always looked okay in Detroit. He was never the problem well, That's what there. I'm saying. He looked <laughs> mediocre in that system, but then he went to LA and just took off. Mm -hmm. um, is this a situation where Daniel Jones just doesn't fit that scheme for Joe judge? Maybe. Um, I think Joe I Judge is like, the coach who should be on the hot seat 
the Giants are so terrible, especially on offense. Actually, their defense is okay. If they had a good offense, they could be pushing for a wild card spot. But they're, and it's not all their fault, I guess. They've had injuries at the wide receiver position like none other. Like coming into the season, they looked so stacked. You know, they brought in Kenny Galladay. They already had Sterling Shepard and um, Darius Slayton. They also drafted Kadarius Toney, who has looked awesome in a couple games this season. But I don't think they've ever all been healthy at the same time. And well, this week you've got out. Daniel Jones out with a neck injury. You got Newton Glennon out with a concussion because his yeah. head's you know so far from his body he gets hit in it. When he, when he falls, it is a long, long fall for his head. Poor guy, he's gonna find us one day and be like these jerks. <laughs> when I get down to their level, yeah, right. <laughs> when I lead all the way down there to fit through this doorway. <laughs> um. They're I down bet that guy Jake. always drives a convertible. <laughs> He's just driving, and all you see is his face go. Blah, 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 blah. That or he always has to put his head out, out the sunroof. Yeah. <laughs> is that Mike Glennon? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he's hurt too. So it's going to be newly signed from a couple of weeks ago. Jake Fromm. There we go. There's the name that's going to win a game. I think he was drafted by Buffalo several years ago. Whatever. Hasn't played at all. And the receivers are hurt again. What if again. it turns out to be like the New York Jets where like Zach Wilson goes down, Mike White comes in. <laughs> it is just a stud. Yeah. I don't know why we've spent so much time on this game. The only thing that's sort of interesting is like I was for some reason started talking about before was that the Chargers have a bunch of players on the COVID list right now. A bunch of important players. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the receiving core, and then also Chris Harris, their cornerback. Obviously, they could still play on Sunday, but as of right now, they would not be eligible, so they'll have to be cleared. But even if none of those guys play, if I was still alive in Eliminator, which I'm not, the Chargers would be my pick. Let's just say that. Well, the Chargers are my pick to win. Yes, agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't know why we talked so much about that game. The Giants are terrible. Especially because we spent five minutes making fun of Glenn. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. It was time well spent then. <laughs> Next on my list, only three matchups left. Next is Tennessee versus Jacksonville or Jacksonville at Tennessee. Yes, there you go. Um, I said versus for all of them. There's a reason I didn't say Adam. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> well, until uh, till the last one, but yes, go on. Um, Again, this is to the point where I feel the matchups are truly one-sided and there's nothing overly ecstatic and exciting. Um, it's to Tennessee, even banged up. I still take them over the finding their way Jacksonville. The only thing I'll um, say in the Jaguars' defense is that their defense has been playing better lately. Did you really just try to do that? It was an accident. I realized it like right before I said it. And I was like, oh, I'm so clever. <laughs> but i don't i don't know how he did it but uh urban wire is making trevor lawrence look terrible <laughs> just kidding does this like bring into the point like when chicago fans were so mad like we could have had patrick mahomes like <laughs> like does this not prove my point that it's most of the time coming down to the system that the quarterback's entering i mean maybe look at mac jones he was viewed as the least talented physically out of all these guys but he's having the most success largely i mean when you of throw three freaking passes in a game it's not that hard <laughs> I still be win, a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't have great weapons there either in new england it's 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 interesting but anyway the jaguars look totally inept on offense and an okay defense isn't uh isn't good enough to win them games so yeah i agree with you i'm taking tennessee they might get julio jones back which at least then they would have one wide receiver <laughs> is, is uh is my fourth overall pick coming back is he is their running back coming back still on injured reserve as far as i know hmm. season ending i thought but <laughs> actually yeah he might I come back for the playoffs for them yeah i don't know i could be hopeful well but what, what does it matter for us at that point our playoffs will be done yeah for fantasy purposes yeah <laughs> sadly uh, but yes, Tennessee. Next up, I have Seattle at Houston. Oh, you ruined it. Houston always has to be the last ranked one. <laughs> uh, I have New Orleans at 
New York Jets for that. Actually, I think I think I agree. Um, Houston is an interesting team that's terrible, but like managed to win a couple games, including one against Tennessee, I believe. Yeah, that's that's um, correct. Seattle is also a team that is up in the air. Like there's trade rumors in regards to Russell Wilson. Um, I feel like as much as I love him to death, like Pete Carroll should be maybe in the hot seat too for the past few years handling um, like the direction the team's been going, but they've also managed to like be a contender every year regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they've taken care of Russell Wilson. No, Their you're right. Life has never been good. They've, yeah. They've, their problem has always been the same and they haven't fixed it. And it's the offensive line. Um, and so and on the, I feel for the like Texans, they, it's unclear to me whether Terod Taylor was hurt or benched last week. First, it was a, I, the first report I saw was coaching decision, which usually means a benching, but then I saw he has an injury too. So either way, it could be the rookie Davis Mills getting the start. They needed to give him an injection into his lung again. It's fine. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was in uh, LA. Never mind. That's fine. It's not the same place. Let's hope he didn't bring that same trainer with him to Houston. Because <laughs> if he did, you know what, Doc, you're pretty good. You're coming with me. I like the way you I like the way you you operate. Um, but I have Seattle taking this game. But I'm not confident. Yeah, me too. I mean, Russell Wilson showed signs of life last week. Um, I don't know. Clearly, all they had to do was sign Adrian Peterson, and then they would start winning games. He was the missing piece. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's their problem. But I agree with you that the Seahawks even in this state, are a better team than the Texans. And last but not least, well, Norlick Saints. Last and least. Um, at the New York Jets. Mm. As bad as iffy as the Saints are, and I don't understand what Sean Payton's doing. Like, again, another coach that I truly do appreciate and love and think he's incredible. I don't understand his logic half the time. I did not understand some of the play calling that he was calling. Um, I feel like Taysom Hill could have gotten more reps earlier in the season when they signed him to an extension and then we're like, yeah, Trevor Simeon's the guy. <laughs> right. I was, I was team Jameis, but as soon as Jameis went down, I did not understand why. Well, first he had the concussion, I guess Hill did, but as soon as he was healthy, Simeon should have been shown the door, but they let him start like three or four games that they lost. Right. And I get like, if you're just, you know, trying to, trying to just, you know, patch the, the leaks of the dam at this point, but like those were games to gain experience. And now it's like, who do you play? What do you do? <laughs> well, especially with Alvin Kamara out the last several weeks, he was their last offensive playmaker left given Michael Thomas, um, not not being available at all this season, it turned out, just spending the year on IR. And uh, no other real playmakers. So, yeah, and that showed in their in their last game against yeah. uh, against the Cowboys where he can run the ball. He can hurdle, apparently, too. <laughs> yes, new. he can jump over, guys, yeah. Um, but I think he had, like, four picks, one for return for a touchdown. Yep. Um, but a lot of it is on – there's no who do you throw it to, right? And Mark he also suffered a no. finger injury in that game too. Remember, he like banged his hand on a defensive lineman's arm, and which uh, is amazing that like these injuries don't look like when you watch the tape, it doesn't seem anything. But then you have to remember, like they're whipping that football, right? And then so that, that guy's hand's moving like 20 miles an hour through the air, just into pure <laughs> beef muscle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like mashing his hand into a rock at that point <laughs> like the side of it i think the worst ones are the ones like what wilson had where they hit the helmet because mm-hmm. yeah, again I mean, it doesn't look bad on tape but it's like that's how you break fingers right and that's why he was out for so long and since he returned earlier than expected could be still impacting him honestly but Taysom is expected to be back um well i mean he finished the game he didn't miss any time but he's expected to be fine for this one too against the jets camara might be back too so, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Saints. 
I am as well. So, Mike, compared yes. to your watchability index, how did that go? You know what? That was pretty good. No what would major you... complaints besides not having Bears Packers at the top of the list by default. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Good, good work, Matt. See, did that all in 10 minutes. I'll never know. Take one more quick break and return for the fantasy corner. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. All right, got to pull up the app. Whoa, not that app. Whoa, Whoa. all right. Easy. (laughs) That's for later. Anyway. Well, hey, your wife. (laughs) Oh, hey. That's who I play this week. Ah, that's a little closer for comfort. 103.5 versus 109.5. I don't like those odds. Yeah, so things have gotten very interesting in our playoff push in our fantasy league. You have lost two in a row and fallen to seven and six. Um, So in our division, we're in the same division. We got two teams at eight and five at the top. You and Sario are seven and six. And then I'm six and seven. Um, And then... And then it's then it's my wife who is two and eleven out of contention, but I'm hoping she can play spoiler this week and beat you. <laughs> we'll see. Then the other division, you got Alex at the top at nine and four, Kevin at eight and five, and then three six and seven teams and one five and eight team. So, I mean, for you, it's simple. I think if you win this week, I think you're in. If you so, here's the deal. There's going to be I think one seven and seven team that makes it. And I don't know if you've crunched the numbers for yourself, but if I win, I'm playing Jeremy, who's top of our division. If I win and either you or Sorio loses, <laughs> then I can get in on points scored. If So if you win, you're in. If you lose, then it'll come down to tiebreakers and everything goes to hell. <laughs> Interesting. I did not crunch the numbers because I'm just laser focused on trying to make this push. Um, <laughs> so, because I have to admit, like when we started this league, like I didn't know how to draft. I was winging everything, and I was like, "Man, I'm really kind of tired of being at the bottom of the pack and also hosting a football podcast as like, the world's greatest." But it's true. I think years. We've we've talked about this before, but coming into last season, I think you had a one in twenty five record in your first two years in our league. But last year, something clicked, and he started on that crazy run, 4-0 and or 5-0, and until Dak went down, and then things went, got out of hand. And you've yeah, carried that momentum. Real quick. <laughs> you've kind of carried that positive momentum into this season with actually kind of an eerily similar thing, right? Like 4-0 and until Derrick Henry goes down. <laughs> yeah, I need to stop picking, like, that linchpin that's like, well, my entire team rides on this player this year. <laughs> So, uh, I'm yeah. going to do it again, probably, but that's fine. That's um, fun. So talk me through what your I do, What I do decisions. have to a um, – well, I'm liking the fact that I have a lot more green in the opponent rank column. Yeah, good matchups. Um, but there's a couple of questions here. So, again, I've got Kirk Cousins, Tony Pollard. I picked up Rex Burkhead. Um, yeah, interesting. Simply because I have – Daryl Williams, but he's been taking a back seat to CEH being on the field. Right. Um, so I am nervous about letting him start um, because of the timeshare. Like, it's just, I don't feel comfortable, even against the Raiders defense, um, 28th overall against the run. So for now, I have Rex Burkhead in there against the 31st ranked Seattle. Much mm. better matchup. Burkhead's going to lead the field with. Uh, Johnson out with, I believe, a concussion or something. Something, yeah. Um, I have, of course, Hollywood Brown. He goes in every week. Yep. Um, I have Tim Patrick in as well, for now, at wide receiver. Um, MVS over Lazard. Yeah, agreed. Um, they're, they're pretty, well, I would say well, eight points projected, 5.7. So they're close in projected points. Um, but I have to put one of the two in, given the fact my other quarterback's Rodgers. 
Uh, Darren Waller is week to week. So I plugged him in temporarily because he's got projected points. He hasn't been ruled out yet, mm-hmm. but that position is going to flex. Um, I tried uh, Foster Moreau last week and that didn't do me a world of greatness, but uh-huh. it's something because Derek Carr seems to like his tight ends. Yeah, so it kind of just made sense to me. Um, and then I picked up Kendrick Osborne for Minnesota with um, Adam right, Thielen with, with out. Thielen out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Um, and the fact that I partnered up with Kirk Cousins, um, I got Rodgers and then I dumped my um, Cincinnati defense after I made a pretty <laughs> piss poor judgment call on that one. And I'm starting my Titans defense again this week over Jacksonville, which I mm. feel like makes sense. Mm-hmm. So my biggest questionable position right now is maybe tight end, and that's probably going to be a last-minute decision. Right, uh, if Waller – Whether frantic or not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, good luck to you, even though I need you to lose <laughs> to have any hope myself. <laughs> might give might give my wife some extra lineup advice this week, although not that that would help necessarily, given how my season has gone. <laughs> yeah, you can certainly try. And on my side, I do have one decision that I want to get your take on. So I have Daniel Jones, as we know. That's why I've been. That's why I've watched so much Giants football this year, and it's it's has, has not been a fun experience. <laughs> He's out. I picked up Glennon and started him last week, who got me like five points. He's so bad. But then he's, he's out. So I was hoping to pick up Jake Fromm, even though, you know, I don't mm. think he's very good. But guess what? None other than my opponent, Jeremy, for this week, (laughs) grabbed him before I had a chance. I have no money left, so I couldn't bid on him. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I am out of money. Um, I don't feel confident in his pick for from. Um, You had David Mills on your bench, though. I did grab him. I don't – here's – so, all right, let me walk you through my lineup really quick. Jimmy G is my QB1. Gross. But he's been serviceable, actually. He's been fine. He's been solid, I guess. Uh, And then right now I've got Zeke and Nick Chubb at my running backs. Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup. And then I think I'm going to start Van Jefferson again. So start. I'm going to start two Rams receivers against Arizona on Monday night. And then, uh, yeah, I've got TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Cordero Patterson, who's... Honestly, probably my team's best player, ironically, in the flex. I've got the Chargers defense against the Giants, which I love. I love that. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, Glennon or from, that's going to be a lot of turnovers, I'm expecting. And currently, I have Devontae Freeman instead of a quarterback in my super flex. I've got Devontae Freeman there because he has been so good lately. He has become the Ravens' primary running back, and he's He's the goal line back. He's catching, you know, he's getting receptions too. So currently I've got him in over, you know, Glennon if he plays and Davis Mills, who I did pick up too, just because it feels safer. I could totally see Davis Mills go out there and have like a, a four interception game of his own, just like Taysom Hill, but without any of the rushing yards and probably without any touchdowns too. Well, and I was thinking about maybe removing Elliot, but I just yeah. looked and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Pollard didn't practice Wednesday due to a foot injury. Oh, really? That I did not see. No, I just checked now because I was reading on Ezekiel Elliott's like their kind of recent news page uh-huh. um, with uh, while that was the extent of powers activity yeah um interesting so i could change that up so maybe keep him in there yeah i mean it's only wednesday because that my thought was you know maybe i know it's a huge gamble but benching elliot moving Devontae freeman as your as your rb1 and then Mm -hmm. move in maybe david mills up right your op flex yeah, yeah. It's funny you said that. I had the same thought back when I thought I was getting Jake from. I was like, is it crazy to bench Zeke? He was he's banged up. We know this. He just you watch him play. He looks slow. He's not breaking tackles. He doesn't look good. And he's losing more and more work to Pollard every week, it seems. And it's not a great matchup against Washington. They their defense, like we talked about, has really stiffened up lately. I mean, so, I would almost question. I mean, 
when you do these types of things, you either like a genius or an idiot. I don't know how it all plays out. (laughs) And I don't think any of us in the league can like judge those decisions because we all had to make them at some point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Zeke, for all his struggles, Zeke is still the RB9 on the season. So it it would look pretty crazy to bench him. But if it would, but you're pulling your your op position. Right. I mean, I could look like a genius. It's a risk reward. And obviously it's win or go home. If I lose, I have no chance at the playoffs. Even if I win, I need other stuff to happen. So <laughs> we'll keep you posted on that, I guess. We'll monitor Pollard's health. Honestly, that'll be a big part of it. If he's if he ends up being unable to play, that would be a boost for Zeke. So I, that might force me to keep him in there. Yeah, because I think Corey Clement is the other running back on that roster. Yep. Hmm. Well, Very interesting. There you go. Well, yeah. Good luck to you and me. Let's hope there's yeah, a way good. we can both get in. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a, a two on first, wouldn't it? For ultimate playoff drama. I yeah, I think I think it probably would be a first. So cool. I mean, I think that's it for today's show. Obviously, we will update on the fantasy playoff situation next week. Uh, as well as our usual recaps and previews and one final what? round of contender or pretender. Oh, because, snap. Because, Matt, after this week, there will only be four games left in the regular season, in the NFL regular season. I don't understand that. Where'd, the, where'd it go? Every year. <laughs> so until then, we will just sit back, relax, and enjoy. And I look forward to – No, we won't. Again. What? <laughs> no, we won't. I'll it's enjoy like, it if I if I win fantasy. I will enjoy. What do we have? Three more weeks of fantasy left, and it's like stress city from here on out. Stress city until we finally either don't make the playoffs or lose in the playoffs. Then you can relax again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. So until then, this is 2M. See everybody on the gridiron. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.